0: Welcome to Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Watchmen Minute.
1: I'm Aaron Stark. I am a public speaker, iconoclast,
0: and all-around positivity spreader.
2: (laughs) And I'm M. Spence from the Adult Care Network.
0: All right. Great to have you back for a second day, Rory.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me again.
0: As far as these first two weeks go, uh, Aaron, great to have him back as a co-host.
1: Absolutely. Glad to be here. Thanks right. for having me.
0: This is Minute 5, and it starts with Anita entering the house and ends with Elaine and Anita arguing about Simon and Garfunkel and butter and sugar.
1: <laughs> so I guess the, the first thing to mention, we would, should go right into the actress. The first person we see coming oh, in yeah. here is going to be uh, Zoe Deschanel. Who yep. is one of my favorite little quirky actresses? Yeah, quirky, quirky. He kind of kind of defines that term, quirky. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I I've, think of the first time I saw her was in Elf. I loved her. I loved her in Elf. I thought that she was the best part of that movie, and also had a surprisingly good singing voice in that
0: movie, by the way. Well, yeah, and she's part of a band is the biggest thing I noted, and I've I've listened to that or a duo really, she and him band name describes the duo
2: (laughs) (laughs) like that's sort of you've said quirky this is a a little bit of a different role for her i feel yeah well before she sort of fell into that role of the the quirky girlfriend that she seems to always play
1: yeah you're right i think she seems more of a grown-up in this pete in this one almost like she's she eventually, I mean it's kind of spoilers for the movie a little bit, but eventually she right. kind of turns into more of the big sister archetype where she is kind of giving good advice and living a life of her own, let being less of a flighty airhead
0: <laughs> well it's kinda of like when she's let go finally of ever having to possibly deal with deal with her mother again, as we'll see in this minute, her dealing with her mother mm. um you know she can she can just be a little more herself in a sense and, and, and be a little less. I mean, cause cause these opening minutes with her in it, she's just, she's just very, uh, has a lot of attitude, <laughs> a lot more attitude well, than, yeah, right. You're, you're And it them.
1: seems, and it seems that her, from her mom's questioning and from her answers that it seems that she might possibly be stoned during these questions.
0: Well, yeah, that, that certainly is a question I because, mean, okay. So she raises her hand to her mouth before she <laughs> goes through the door. um, so she's for, is it for drinking or smoking pot probably, or as, as her mother though (laughs) says, I know you've been kissing. (laughs) Oh, well, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, So that's so easily visible.
0: Right. Yeah. (laughs) What what are these methods that Elaine uses to determine?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I would definitely say from her demeanor and from her responses, there was probably some marijuana involved. And the yeah. uh, it didn't seem to be alcohol.
2: That's just clicked with me that maybe smelling marijuana is why she thinks she's been kissing Tim Darren. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> point. That's a very good point. Because she specifically knows who it is, so maybe she like has met this guy knows he often Darryl, sorry, he often <laughs> smells of of cannabis. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, and but. Never at any point assumes that our daughter is doing it.
1: Yeah, and of course the seat, the record that she brings out the for the yeah. Simon and Garfunkel, then which is the devil according to mom.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and us looking back at at Simon Garfunkel and they seem so straight laced.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, especially you know. this album's fairly yeah. tame.
0: Anything
1: on an LP looks straight laced oh, yeah. these days. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's yeah, uh, well, is uh, Bookends, not it? Which is yeah, a Bookends, same really right. album and an album about growing up and getting old, the sort of concept. Yeah, right.
1: yeah. yeah. it's a it's fantastic album actually. It's one of my all-time yeah. favorite albums. I've I think that Simon and Garth It's it's really ironic that that's the uh, the band that she picks out to be the devil when it's one of the <laughs> calmest and most <laughs> serene artists of the entire decade.
2: Yeah. Although Hazy Shade of Winter's on that album, isn't it? Which yeah. is kind of. You could see it leaning more into the sort of psychedelic sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess by today's standards, their psychedelia is just it it's so mild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I it I think that the the Simon and Garfunkel Farko excuse me, Simon and Garfunkel connection though. It it shows it's a good showing that William finally sees a bit of rebellion from her sister towards the the structure that mom's giving and it's kind of opened up to what this musician, this music thing Mm -hmm. might be. I mean, the, 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 um, the daughter has to hide it as she's coming in the house. It's kind Uh of the forbidden fruit. Uh And as we all know, if you hide something from a teenager, they're going to want to do it, the heart, the most of anything (laughs) being a dad of four kids myself, I could attest to that statement.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's also when she says it's, it's poetry. Uh, Elaine doesn't argue with that. Really, she actually agrees that it is poetry, which is interesting, and that kind of seems to interest William. That yeah, she sort of agreed that it is poetry, but poetry about what she say? poetry about marijuana, drugs,
0: drugs, drugs, and promiscuous sex.
2: Yeah, drugs and promiscuous sex. That's the line. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and so you know, with you're, so you're talking about. Uh, William having then looking at the back of the cover with mm-hmm. what, what really seems like a lot of lyrics printed on it. And yeah. so, I, you know, I see like the release of this was in April 68. So that is, you know, less than a year after Sergeant Pepper came out, which is very big for me. Um, and, and for being known for having the, the lyrics printed on the back and that being a big first for the Beatles for that. So, yeah, so Simon Garfunkel said, they're going to do this and we're going to do this too. Cause yeah. we're more poet poetic than the Beatles. I would bet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, a- in a way I, I might even argue that statement. Yeah. I, oh no. The, yeah. the I mean, well, uh, while well, some of, some elements of the Beatles might be considered poetic. Uh-huh. I think that some of, some of Paul's songwriting and, possibly some of johns lyricism could be considered poetic i don't i don't really consider ringo very poetic so I, I i i mean george i definitely consider george a poet now george's george's would be the most poetic out of the four in my opinion but yeah i would say that simon and garfunkel most of their songs there's an, a song on this soundtrack um i don't remember exactly where it's in the movie but the song america that they play that song mm-hmm. is very poetic and has a I lot of the
2: album.
1: yeah. And on the album and has really good imagery. So I, I, I might, I might say that they would be more poetic, but although I do find it really funny when the mom points at the back of the album and says that you can look, you can see they're on the pot. Yeah.
0: And, Put me yeah, pointing at their eyes. specifically. Yeah. It's, it's,
1: uh... yeah. On a black and white picture. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. More the dilation than the red eye.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Although and uh, what was it? Garfunkel still had hair. That's that's good. <laughs> um,
0: now I think I've I've heard some some kind of record, maybe on record. Hopefully, I would hope. I, I, I was having a little bit hard time finding it, but uh, just just go by just going by my memory that Paul Simon, I think he's kind of you know admitted that ar- around that time they were uh, smoking <laughs> marijuana. Oh, yeah. massive amounts you know? and lots yep, of LSD. Nice. Okay
1: they they were they were they were doing huge amounts of LSD and of of marijuana that was part of their creative process that they would yeah. talk about but that's also part of what broke them up was from from what i heard was that um paul kind of got to be they they got really far into smoking a lot of weed and garfunkel was a bit more um lackadaisical, so to speak with his work ethic And didn't want to keep Mm -hmm. on putting out albums, and Paul wanted to continue to tour, and that's Mm -hmm. why Garfunkel kind of went to the wayside. While Paul continued to put out like the Live Aid and the Africa album, and had a bunch of massive hits after
2: that. Simon was was married to Carrie Fisher. It would be amazing if he wasn't into drugs at any point. I
1: I never knew that he was married to Carrie Fisher
2: yeah yeah uh, wow. around
0: 80 a little or maybe early 80s is that right I yeah think? they were
2: kind of on on and off <laughs> and that,
0: yeah large, that would have been her large. big cocaine period
1: yeah, yeah. that makes yeah. a lot of sense that's <laughs> yeah. and also it makes sense why at live aid they used to hang out with robin williams all the time That's. <laughs> i i think that uh and simon would be the creative force
0: from what i would see between yeah. that that pair yeah i've always kind of had an inkling that that was the case or maybe even read a little bit here and there but you it certainly sounds like you have read a lot more than i have On, <laughs> i've simon always garfunkel. been a fan i've always been a fan of simon and garfunkel yeah. it's uh,
1: that that uh i was in, really intrigued growing up with the live aid concert
0: mm-hmm.
1: the, yeah how, how old are you i'm in my early 40s early 40s yeah see so i'll be mm-hmm. 40 in may and mm-hmm. so it was the the Paul Simon and that whole vibe was kind of prevalent in my household. Mm-hmm. It was a good counteract, counterbalance to the um, Billy Joel that my mom used to put on. <laughs> oh, I Billy Joel! Yeah, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm
0: pretty equal on uh, between Paul Simon and Simon and Garfunkel and Billy Joel.
1: I I agree, but but you know uh, when you're my well, my my parents were also big Coke heads themselves. So when they're oh, listening that's... to who, "We Didn't Start the Fire," and they might be starting a fire, <laughs> oh. it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think that th- this minute particularly shows the um the contrast of the structure versus the rebellion that william sees the, and you could see it in his yeah. eyes that when it, that it, that it, the, it looks like the whole world is opening up to him just from seeing that record come out
2: yeah
0: um at, at the very beginning of this minute uh you know we we hear the end of what elaine is Talking with with William about uh, about uh, Livia and Tiberius, and, the th- and she says the throne, just like Nixon, it's awfully common. Same stories, Shakespeare. Blah blah blah. Um, uh, so Nixon, uh, the one big thing I want to say there is that uh, that's besides uh, later on when we get to when we get to him, especially uh, actually being seen, uh, Billy Crudup being a big connection back to my last mm-hmm. movie by a minute, show, uh, Watchmen. Um, but uh, this little Nixon reference, uh, having that uh, in here is uh, interesting. Nixon was definitely, I don't know that there's any other reference throughout this movie for, for Nixon, but uh, we actually had him, <laughs> a caricature of him in, uh, in the movie Watchmen. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I didn't. Th- that was an odd character in, in Watchmen. The, I thought the makeup job on that was a bit strange.
0: Yeah, we've, yeah, we got that a few times from some various guests, <laughs> as, well as, our, as, well, as well as ourselves, the co-hosts. That uh, you know, the makeup on this uh, real real life person that they're trying to mimic. Yeah, <laughs> here and there, and him being possibly chief among them. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, it's it's really. Uh... A good place for for the Nixon comparison, though. I think it shows just how deep and wide-ranging the intellectual conversations Mom has with William and that it is not just literature, but it try to relate it to more present-day issues. I I think that's a strong point for the Mom's Mm -hmm. character through the whole movie, is that she's not just some caricature of having the overbearing, protective Mom. She actually has more depth to her. Like, she tries to, to... show her kids some kind of culture beyond the house. She just wants to make sure that it's safe and doesn't want to keep them. doesn't want to get him involved in drugs and sex, which she does go overboard on that protection, but I think that her heart's in the right place, which it's a good way to keep her from becoming the villain.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I think just like right after that, when Anita comes in, is the door like trapped? Did she set (laughs) that up? So that it would make a noise, I couldn't really tell whether there was just something there, or, or it was intentionally set up to catch her coming in.
0: I I doubt it's necessarily just to catch her daughter, but it's to catch anyone, <laughs> and <laughs> her daughter is just the victim of the, <laughs> of the uh, of the technique to uh, to help uh, alert uh, any anyone at home when anyone might uh, be coming in.
2: Fair enough. It's yeah. the best range because she comes in as still the middle yeah, of the day she, she knows it's
0: there
1: yeah you
2: know? yeah right.
1: she's reaching for it yeah. yeah the i i think that it that fits in with the mom's character of always wanting to to watch out for her parent for her kids that she'd have something set up at the door that she would know immediately when someone's coming in yeah. my i knew i had friends that used to have like fishing wire set across their door yeah. to where if their if their kids would open the door, the mom would know, because something on the other side of the room got disturbed. And you would never be able to really tell by looking. So overprotective parents can get really crazy with their overprotectiveness.
0: Well, I think this might be a lighter minute than our last one, but uh, not that that's any kind of problem. But uh, is there anything else either of you picked up on, noticed?
2: Uh, No, I don't think so. No, uh, No.
1: Well, the... The mom made soy cutlets. What are yeah. what are soy? What oh, yeah. is soy cutlets? What
2: It look like burgers, like soy burgers.
1: So She's the, the mom book. is making vegetarian burgers for the family?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I actually I will I will comment more on that next minute. Use that as a mm. as something I'll talk a little bit about. I'd like to talk a little more about let next time. But but you're certainly welcome to
1: yeah. No, I I I just noticed. I was just just reading through the script, and I just noticed that the soy oh. cutlets. I I never. Oh, so, is that a burger or is that a piece of chicken? Like a wannabe chicken.
2: Yeah. Uh, they look like burgers in the previous me- uh, minute. Uh, well, yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah, we did kind of we did see them. Yeah. You, know, patty, you know, they're yeah. pretty round patties.
2: Yeah. yeah, and there was like uh, buns and like lettuce. Well, you want to put it, it on? So
0: <laughs> Shape it <Yeah>. to. <laughs> are you putting on more of a hoagie type? <laughs> sandwich and yeah lengthen it out but she must have uh, some kind of circular bun
1: well and then at the very very end of the minute when Anita she's talking to arguing against her mom about the after the poetry of drugs and promiscuous sex line she says first it was butter then it was sugar and yeah. so she's starting to list off the various yeah. things of the reasons why this is a constant <laughs> in their household
0: Yeah, and she ends with yeah. sugar sugar and white <laughs> White one. We will. we'll find out. <laughs> yep. We'll find out on the next
1: episode of Minute.
0: Um. So, uh, uh since we're winding down, I think, um, Rory, uh, yep. what uh, you're welcome to plug, uh, whatever you have going sure. on
2: right now. Yeah. Well, I have a podcast called Dog Care Presents, where uh, me and a guest will try and teach you about something new every week. Uh can be anything usually pop culture related but not necessarily I've had episodes in history science whatever uh comic book characters movies stuff like that pretty much anything yeah uh, you find that pretty much anywhere you find podcasts probably where you find <laughs> this just dog hair one word presents and uh, i am on twitter rhodi m spence and dog hair network very cool
0: yeah, my uh, my uh, old co-host from Watch a Minute, uh, Travis Bill, he's was on at least a couple times or more.
2: Maybe. Oh, he's been on tons, yeah, tons, tons, okay, tons. <laughs> we were like six yeah. episodes, maybe. Cool. I don't know, a lot. He filled in for me when I had no internet. So yeah. yeah was...
0: <laughs> okay. Well, thanks so much, uh, and I think uh, you're scheduled for one more minute, Rory. Is that right? Yes, I we'll believe be back so. Here on Friday, we'll do minute six, um, and until then. Uh, It's all happening It's all happening happening. I am a golden god
1: Yeah Yeah! And I was born in the backseat of a Greyhound bus Rolling down highway
2: 41 You know the queen of hearts Is always your best bet
0: Are you sick and tired of movie review shows that are just missing something? Do you need more history? Do you need more laughs? Do you need more meandering, insane ramblings than most movie shows provide? Well then I've got the show for you, Real Rock, with me, the Rock and Roll Reverend Andy King. On Real Rock we look to dissect rock and roll movies from not only a historical view, but also through a critical and oftentimes personal view. Every episode of Real Rock is a little different with occasional parodies, sometimes special guests, and a lot of unhinged rants. So pass the popcorn, pass the vape, and hit the lights. We're going to the movies. Listen to Real Rock wherever you catch your
3: pods.